0: We're out of place. I'm doing fine. feeling great. You're not my fam. You can't
1: relate. Straight talk going state to state. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my leave. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm outer space. you We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fam. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.
0: What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George Makai. Back again in the Straight Talk studios for another amazing conversation with someone who I consider my best friend in pro wrestling that's right he he me me and him are super tight every time we take photos he completely ignores them and actually even hits the angry emoji when i post them i don't understand why but anyways i'm a huge mark for this man please help me welcome back to straight talk wrestling for the fourth time gabriel fuerza how are you buddy
1: i'm good four times
0: (laughs) that's got to be a record right absolutely you dated prince are tied Four, ah. and there will be there will be another person who will be also tied for the record mm-hmm. as of next week. Very when nice. I sit down, is it Alexia? It, it is Alexia. Yeah, yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of do you guys because you guys have like great careers, and there's always something going on, and mm-hmm. it's always great to sit down and talk and catch up from where we we left off last conversation to this part of the conversation. So it's fantastic. The first thing I want to do is uh, congratulate you on becoming. One half of the inaugural Destiny Wrestling Ch- Tag Team Champions, you and Von Vertigo, Fight or Flight, rocking the tag team, the team gold team. there. Now, this will drop about two weeks after the homecoming event on mm-hmm. December 4th, which you were slated to defend those titles against Airstrike. And unfortunately, Von Vertigo, due to injury, won't be able to make it. But there is somebody else sliding in. I'm not going to ask who's sliding in, but I know there's going to be somebody else sliding in. But the cool question to build off of what the mini-host talked about is Destiny stepped away from the Don Koloff for a few events, and now they are coming back to the Don Koloff for this event, homecoming. New management is happening. You're part of like the hottest faction in Ontario right now, being destroyed, or one of the hottest factions in Ontario, being destroyed. It's been a crazy whirlwind for storyline building in Destiny. What have you felt about your arc in that storyline building
1: thus far? Um, I don't know. I felt I, I when when I was doing the single stuff. Kind of early on, uh, that was I kind of felt weird about it because I liked it. I like have you know actually getting to do singles matches in front of a good crowd, you know, good venue, good, good everything, pretty much. Um, but uh, the whole the whole uh, <clears throat> destroy thing kind of came about in a weird way because um, originally they wanted uh, myself. Uh, And I I won't say who exactly but myself and two people one of which was not Von Vertigo and they wanted me to be a tag team with one of the guys and I was like well I mean I'm already part of a tag team Um, you already book him he's right over there Um, I know he's lost every single match that he's wrestled here uh, but if you want me as a tag team that's the guy and there's no exceptions Um, so it wasn't it's kind of it's kind of weird. I put myself in a kind of hard place because it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to like uh, be part of a faction or a tag team or group or whatever you want to call it. because um, I was pretty uh, interested in what I was doing beforehand. Like it was fun, and it was different. And I mean, at the time it was different. Now I'm kind of getting to do more single stuff around. but uh, at the same time, it was like, well, if you want me to be part of this you know group that you have big plans for, then this is the only way, uh, because that's my tag partner. Um, and eventually, George at the time budged, and uh, it's worked out pretty good. I mean, I I, I like hanging out with Vaughn. Um, I think we get along really well. It's really easy to team with him. Um, so I'm definitely happy about it. But at the same time, it's kind of like wish I had appreciated the single stuff a little bit more, knowing. Because, I mean, at the time, I didn't know where it was headed, right? It's, you know, how indie wrestling is it's from month to month. You're kind of figuring out what's happening. So I didn't really realize that my last singles match might actually be my last singles match for a while there, Um, which is fine. But, uh yeah, it kind of makes feelings, I guess.
0: Absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%. And, I mean, one of those last singles matches you had was against Josh Alexander for... The Impact World Championship—that was a huge deal, huge match—and you guys, you guys, like tore it up. It was probably one of my favorite matches. That was actually one of the questions I was hoping you're going to answer for your highlighted 2022 was being able to challenge for the Impact Heavyweight Championship against the Walking Weapon, who is like literally, I believe, 30 days away from capturing the longest reign in Impact Wrestling history, and you were one of the opponents. It may have been an indie show in Toronto. But, it, or, but it's still pretty fucking cool, man.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's funny because when she asked me that, I told her uh, I'm not very good at keeping track of achievements and stuff like that. Um, and even thinking about it now, as much as like, yeah, like when you say it that way, it's got to be the highlight of the year, right? But to me, it just isn't. It's not even close, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, because I never uh, – it's weird, like – on paper, yeah, you challenge for the Impact title. That's awesome. That's If I, if I had told 12-year-old me that, I mean, he would have lost his shit, right? But I personally was not a fan of the match. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I thought I underperformed. Uh, I thought I could have done a lot better. Um, Josh is Josh. He'll wrestle a broomstick. So he, he'll make anybody look good. But I don't think I was pulling my weight uh, in that particular instance. So that knocks it down quite a few pegs for me. Um, Like, I I feel like I got to be happy with how I did for me to like something that much. Like, don't get me wrong, there's, you know, bits and pieces that I'm like, oh, that looked really good, or that flowed really well, or, you know, the fans really reacted here, or whatever. But uh, honestly, watching it back, all I can see is me huffing and puffing, (laughs) and like, doing my best just to keep up. So it kind of knocks it down a bit, but... At the same time, probably should look at it on, you know, your side of the table. Uh, it is pretty cool. And, yeah, I mean, Josh is awesome. We all know Josh is awesome. So, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, Josh is, Josh is
0: uh, next level when it comes to awesomeness. And he's also one of the most humble guys in the world that I know. And it seems like... You yourself, I mean, I know you outside the ring, not on a personal level, but I do know you outside the ring pretty well. We do talk uh, on a, a regular basis when we see each other. I mean, you know, I don't just hit you up and stalk you because that would just be weird. I just like bothering you with shows because it's fun. <laughs> uh, but um, you're your toughest critic. And I've noticed that about you every time we've had one of these conversations. And I, I really do appreciate how real you get with me in these conversations because – it's it's easy everyone's everyone is their own toughest critic i look back at some of my conversations and i'm like oh i stuttered on my words or i stumbled or i got nervous or I, I sounded too much like a fan there than a professional who's been doing this for six years but then i think about it you know what i am a fan and i am a human and i stumble on my words and i make mistakes all the time like earlier today i was recording mlw rewind and like an idiot i said ah, oh, is that how they say shine in mexican and it's Spanish and it was it wasn't meant to come off that way, but it came mm-hmm. off super, super asshole ish. And you know, my, my co-host Rob, who you know very well, he laughed mm-hmm. it off. He's like, fuck, just leave it in there. You're you're real, you make mistakes. And I'm like, Yeah, I guess I do. I meant to say Spanish and said Mexican, mistakes happen, but do you find that sometimes you get in your own head? I guess that was my my long-winded segue to this question. Do you find that you get in your own head sometimes <laughs> and look back at matches that even though the fans appreciated it for what it was, which is one hell of a story being told? You look back and you think, uh, like you said, that looked really good. They reacted here. I huff and puffed there. I look like shit here. I didn't come off the rope strong enough. Do you find yourself really digging yourself down when you could just appreciate the fact that you had a match with one of arguably the best wrestlers in the world?
1: Kind of, sort of. You'd be surprised, actually. Uh, I am hard on myself, but I'm not even close to the hardest on myself, just in my immediate friend group. Usually, I'm the one telling them. Did anybody get hurt? Did you have fun? Yeah. Then it was great. Um, <clears throat> usually, I like. I don't get down on myself. Like I wasn't down on myself after the Josh match. I was still like, Meh. You know, he said it was good. He said I need to work on my cardio a bit. I can accept that. Um, but it, it's just you know, no. It's, it's not like I get sad about it or whatever. But deep down, I know I'm like I could have done better. I probably could have prepared better. Um, I just use it as motivation to, like, you know, not be lazy in the future. Um, Because I have a lot of trouble with just staying on the diet, you know, working out, all that stuff. Um, But it's easier to kind of discipline yourself and motivate yourself to do it if you think, well, you know, you had that match with Josh and, like, couldn't couldn't breathe. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, do you really want to go through that again? Uh, Probably not. So, get up and go to the gym. Um, But at the same time, I honestly think, like, I'm a big fat narcissist and I watch my matches and I'm like, damn, like, you're good. Like, mm, this is a good match. Like, I probably watch my own matches more than anybody else has watched my matches. Um, And half the time is to kind of figure out, like, oh, how'd it go? Oh, 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 that was all right. Like, oh, that was good. That was bad. Whatever. Whatever. I'll do a couple times to, like, review it. And then, I mean, usually if I like it, sometimes I'll watch a match, like, just, I don't know, like, on a Tuesday. I'll be like, I feel like watching that match I had with uh, Shade Saber. Bloop. And now that I have a TV that connects to my phone, it's easier than ever. Um, So I wouldn't say that I'm, like, like I, I'm definitely critical of myself, but that's just because I think that's how my mom raised me to be. Like you should be critical with yourself, like everything you do, especially like I treat this as a job, not as like a, you know, hobby. It it is fun and I forget that it's supposed to be a job, but like I feel like if you're going to do something, you should do it, you know, as well as you can. So I think for that reason, I am very critical Um, and also just realistic because I don't sugarcoat things for anybody else. Why would I sugarcoat them for myself? Um, If you, you know. If you did that like shit, then you did it like shit and that's fine. But like now, you know, so you won't do it like shit next time, you know? Um, So yeah, even though I am critical, I wouldn't say like I'm like a bummer about it, if that makes any sense. Like I don't mope about it. I'd have to do really badly to mope about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And you know what? There's nothing wrong
0: with that. It's not so much moping. It's like you said, use it as motivation to get better. Josh said the mask was good. He liked it. said you got to work on your cardio. So you've taken that. Listen, you're talking to a guy right now who's just started his, I guess, resurgence into health. I uh, I've recently signed up for some classes at Ballard's Arts. Not pro wrestling. Mm. I could never hang with any of you guys. <laughs> but I'm doing boxing and I'm doing general fitness. And it's nice. been three weeks. And it's pretty good. I just want to get healthier for my kids. There's a mm. lot of medical conditions in my family. My mom has diabetes. My dad's got a heart condition. So I don't want to end up like that. Mm. I want to try to, um, uh, I guess, fix the problems now before they become unfixable. You know, when uh-huh. it's it's easy to work out, you know, when you're in your late 30s, oh boy, going into your 40s, then it is when you're in your late 50s going into your 60s or so forth and so on. Those are your twilight years. Those are the years you're supposed to just enjoy life. I got to yep. put the work in now <laughs> to get to that stage then. But um, in terms of uh, your teaching, you are a teacher at Battle Arts. Uh, I've worked on a, a special project that is up and coming uh, with you and with some of the other coaches at Battle Arts. And it's great to watch get Back. And I remember in that conversation that we had uh, for that project that you actually said your goal was always to get back, always to teach. And do you feel like now you've achieved that big goal for yourself? I mean, obviously, you have more goals that you want to achieve, but that was a goal that you kind of already set out for yourself. Do you feel like you're achieving that now or do you feel like you still have to kind of go through a couple more classes or a couple more
1: months before you really consider yourself Gabriel Fuerza, coach um, No, I won't Consider myself like having achieved That goal until I have my own school, my own students From the ground up um, Who are wrestling matches of quality If I have A batch of students that all happen to suck Well, uh, I guess It's not for me then um, This is like a um, like Practice round, I guess I don't even like to call myself coach or teacher or anything like that. Like, I just happen to be the instructor for this class. You know what I mean? Like, okay, in- instructor to me seems a little bit less um, authoritarian, I guess. Like, anybody can be an instructor. It just so happens that I got here first, you know. <laughs> if, if they had been born first, they, they might be the instructor, you know. So, um, I, I just try to treat it like we're all kind of learning together. Mm-hmm. I just happen to know more, so I dictate what we do. But half the time, they do something that I'm like, whoa, I've never seen that before. Or, oh, you just gave me an idea. Or, um, oh, you did that wrong. Let's find out why. And, you know, in that sort of process, I find out something I might be doing wrong or something I could be doing better. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and since uh, we do a lot of sort of uh, repetitive movements, of like simple basic stuff. Uh, just anybody, you know, whether you're 10 years into wrestling or not, or longer, I mean, I'm sure any, everybody could benefit from just drilling the basics over and over, right? Like they say you need, I think, 10,000 hours to become a master at anything. Well, become a master of a shoulder tackle, master of a drop down, master of a leapfrog, master of a whip, everything. So I think I feel like I'm learning more than they are. Sometimes I'm scamming them. I'm scared (laughs) to be (laughs) sad.
0: But um, you know what was cool was that um, Battle Arts brings in a lot of coaches from around the wrestling world, and most recently they had uh, Wild Boar and Eddie dennis who are former NXT UK stars, who are fantastic human beings, uh, two of the nicest guys I've ever met, who were way more smiley in a photo with me than you have ever fucking been. Okay,
1: but Eddie Eddie has a signature smile. He smiles the exact same way in every photo I've noticed. He's a te- he has a technique like to it just like me whenever i take a photo
0: i don't smile well like i don't have a good smile like i'm gonna smile uh-huh. right now i don't have a good smile it's like like that's my smile <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like when i make in photos whenever i take photos i always do this face because i don't know this face just feels good to me it's like i like, guess yeah. just that's my face and every time i do that face your eyes are always looking left or looking fucking right or looking up or looking down and you know what that's fine i'm gonna I'm keep looking, looking for photos, an exit too. Well, yeah. Wow, I'm looking for an exit. Man, how many
1: shirts of yours have I purchased?
0: I am a huge... I have two of your autographs in my basement right now. I
1: don't know, man. I have a lot of Nike clothing. I'm sure the CEO of Nike isn't going to buddy up with me just because of that. No, but I'm a huge fan. I'm a fan. I appreciate your art
0: form. (laughs) I appreciate your storytelling. And whatever, I don't care. I know deep down inside, (laughs) you keep coming back on the show. So I know deep down inside, just a little bit, a small faction, you enjoy me. You enjoy our our occasional, you know, run-ins in the <laughs> wrestling world. I believe that. And I've actually been commentating a lot more and I've had the honor and privilege of calling some of your matches. So here's the thing. I'm going to ask you to critique me because I'm sure you've watched some of those matches with my commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is my commentary when it comes to narrating your stories in the ring? Go ahead. Be honest. I'll be okay.
1: Mm, I f- I'd have to, honestly I'd have to like watch a match and think about it, but I feel like I've complimented your commentary once one time and honestly i can I, I i know who i don't like um and i can't really think of anything that you do that i don't like um so i mean i don't think you've done anything annoying that's plus which is harder than you think in commentary especially in any indie, indie wrestling it absolutely um, is th- there's some commentators for like high-end well high-end indie companies that I can't stand. Like, I think they're terrible. Uh, so, you're not one of them. So, that's good. I've
0: uh, Listen, I've reached my peak. I could hang it up. I could literally unplug my mic tomorrow. I have <laughs> reached my fucking peak.
1: Yeah, yep. and I, I feel like you also do a good job of being informed. Like, you typically know uh, the wrestlers that you're calling. Mm-hmm. Not that I've watched many matches that you commentated that I'm not in, but I'm sure that uh, I'm sure I I feel like, you know, you keep your ear to the ground.
0: Oh, absolutely. Listen, if you're going to, if you're going to be the, the uh, one of the major podcasts that represents the Ontario indie scene that we have here and know these people, you have to put the work in. And I think you've noticed that with the conversations that we have, I'm not one of those people. I never look at my phone. Yes, the mini host does mm-hmm. because she's got her questions there la. But I never look at my phone. I never am scrolling for this. And that. I'm always keeping eye contact with whoever who I'm speaking with because that's just something that was ingrained in me from my child, from my parents. It's like, you know, if you're having a conversation with someone, you make eye contact. If you want to ask questions, you do your research beforehand. So that's what I do. I pride myself on these things and and being prepared for who I'm speaking with. Except when it comes to Matt Grant, because I do enjoy bothering him. So I always fuck his name up on purpose. I'll call him the, the one-time standard or the, uh, the un, unachieving underdog. Like, I love to bother him, and it's so uh-huh. much fun. But speaking of Matt Grant, another great match and another title that you won, HWE Cruiserweight Champion, Gabriel Fuerza, and you beat Matt Grant for that longest-reigning champion he was at over 200 days, and you took the title from him, and it was an epic match to call. And we had that post-match segment after, which I literally got you right as you were coming through the curtain and you yes. were fucking exhausted, but you did it and you killed it. So what was that like, Rocket? Now another title in your repertoire, the HWE Cruiserweight Champion.
1: Um, I mean it's, it's good. It's a, a, anytime you get to uh represent a company that actually wants to like just kind of give you the ball and let you do whatever you want. Uh to me, I don't know whatever other wrestler, but to me, that's the best because I all I want is creative input um wrestling is not that fun to me that like i can just do moves forever i think that's pretty blah um i need to be like creatively fulfilled um so anytime a company's like hey we want to do this and then just kind of let you do your thing i mean you're speaking my language um so it's good i know we haven't really gotten started yet but i'm excited to get started um defending well by the time this comes out i will have beaten Rip Impact, so uh, that'll be that'll be first defense, um, and then I don't know what'll happen after that, but uh, should be exciting. Absolutely,
0: I can't wait to see you rock a, a singles gold uh, again and, and defend it like you have been. But one question I got to ask is: I always find that characters that have layers, and I feel like Gabriel Ferreira does have layers. He's cocky, he's arrogant, he's self-centered narcissistic sorry i'm just pulling out pro- uh, personality traits right now no yeah. but i mean i love the um you used to rock it on a real at least at destiny used to rock it all the time which was the day of the dead makeup you don't really do that much anymore but i feel like and and go with me on this because you know creatively fulfilling is what i get to do i get to be an armchair booker here for a second uh-huh. but i feel like gabriel flares needs to have a signature match it would be a cinematic match, and if done properly, it would be fantastic. But I believe you need to have something to do with the Day of the Dead or a graveyard type of match, kind of like a Vampiro did with Sting back in WCW, which was shot horribly, but they tried. They did mm-hmm. try with that match. But would you ever consider if if a promotion booked you properly and said, you know, we, we want to design a signature match for you, what would be... Gabriel Flair's signature match. Like, I mean, talk about the undertaker. He had the casket match. Well, actually he had a couple, he had the casket match. You talk about, um, uh, Bret Hart. I mean, he was one of the Kings of the Iron Man match for a very long time because he was just that damn fucking good. And then you talk about, you know, steel cage matches, which is the big payoff so forth and so on. But if Gabriel Flair's were to have his own signature match, what would you like it to be? And how would you like it to be booked? And
1: do you think my idea sucks ass or does it have some promise? <laughs> um god i honestly i'd have no idea Mm. i uh as (laughs) as much as i like kind of stories and whatever i'm i'm a very just bare bones wrestling match kind of guy like um for a a program that alexia and i were doing in c4 the promoter was kind of hoping to do a particular stipulation that i turned down like immediately and he was kind of like flabbergasted (laughs) because he expected me to say yes And and he's like, okay, no worries. Like, let's just figure out some sort of stipulation. And I was like, can't it just be a singles match? Like, that's wrestling to me. Like, I don't like uh, rules for the sake of rules. Like, I just want, here's one person. Here's the other person. Fight. Fight and tell a story with your body. You know, Like, 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 I like death matches. But I would never do a death match, So mm-hmm. that would be out of the question. I actually, I, I have the idea of a uh, bra and panties death match. I, I don't know why anybody hasn't done that. I feel like they would be making a lot of money. And I don't think it even has to be two girls. I could think it would be a girl and a dude, two dudes. Eh, no, probably you'd probably need a girl. A nice intergender deathmatch. Uh, but, like, <laughs> the reason I came up with that is because Alexi and I were playing Day of Reckoning. Uh, older, older wrestling game. And they had the bra and panties mode. And honestly, we're like, this is so much fun. Like, this is the funnest we've had playing a wrestling game in forever. And, like, it's so funny how stuff like that, that sort of was not okay at the time, and I guess is still not okay now. Like, in the world that we live in now, uh, sort of people look back on it nostalgically in a weird way. Like, it's really hard to explain. Like, um, so if you were watching a match like that back in the day and your mom comes in she'd be like oh my god what are you watching like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like i can't believe it i can't believe i can't believe <laughs> they would make these ladies do that right and yeah. of course with good reason it makes sense but nowadays right like i'm watching the same match uh and i don't know my sister comes down and she'd be like damn like those girls are bad you know what i mean like they it's now and under the right lens and under the right circumstances, it could be empowering. You know what I mean? And then I started thinking, well, there's no rules in a brown panties match. You can't. You don't have to pin them. You don't have to submit them. The only way to win is the only rule. So, like, why aren't they grabbing weapons? Like, we could just grab weapons and start. And then I was like, wow, a deathmatch brown panties match. That's genius. And uh, honestly, I hope nobody listening steals that idea because I think it's a baller idea. Um, and I think somebody should do it at some point, but, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's how my brain works. Like I I can only look at something and sort of work from there. I can't be like, okay. Let's see me now. What, what would my signature match be? Like the only, the only idea I've ever had in terms of like signature match was a, um, I don't, I don't know what it would be called, but it basically, I put up 500 of my, you know, money that says i can pin you you put up 500 of yours that says you can't and then you know the winner gets the thousand and uh well ideally we plant some people in the audience and they throw money in and then we split that money you know what i mean so it's just it's just classic carny bullshit but i love it and uh originally the character that i do now was a little bit more uh Kind of like uh, Robert Rodriguez ish, um, Quentin Tarantino ish, kind of like grindhousey, more uh, kind of uh, Mexican spaghetti western kind of thing. I love it. Um, yeah, that was the original intent. It's kind of floated into other territory, which I'm I'm fine with. But eventually, I think I want to go back into that. Um, so that would be my match. A little less exciting than a graveyard brawl but uh i do like the idea that the, the thing is the paint um the paint is weird the paint is almost outside of the character if that makes sense the The only reason i did it so many yes. times of destiny yeah. was because uh george actually hired somebody to do my makeup for me and that's what i told every promoter because promoters kept asking like oh uh do you want to paint your face for us do you want to paint your face for us and i would say if you hire somebody to do it for me then sure And George was the only one who actually took me up on that. So he was the only one who got it, you know, kind of consistently. It's just something I do for, like, um, I guess important matches, but it's not even necessarily important matches for Gabriel Fuerza. It's more important matches for me. Hmm. Um, And sometimes I think it just adds, like, a little bit of, like, a little bit of raz to a match if it needs it so oh, it, right. it, it it's weird it, it is it is the character but it's also kind of outside of the character like it's something that i like to have in plain sight like um somebody somebody the last time i did it was like oh like face paint that's kind of out of nowhere huh and then i pulled up well i always wear shorts under my tights or sorry over my tights because i don't i don't like to have the fans to see the tights up close that's i'm weird that way um but i basically just pulled it up and they were like, "Oh shit! There's a sugar skull on your tights. I've never even noticed." And I'm like, "Yep, it's always been there. It's just in plain sight, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's something you forget about until you don't."
0: That's true. You know, I, I'm gonna have, now that I, when I when I watched it on Sunday, I, I'm gonna have to spot the skull. I mean, I see it quite regularly. But I'm gonna have to spot the skull even more because now I'll be looking for it. It'll be in my mind. It'll be in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I there. ask? <laughs> if you don't want to say it, that's fine. But can I ask what the stipulation was that you said no
1: to? Or are we gonna? Oh, uh, hair versus hair. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Well, the funny part is, um, I I had cut my hair to do Dark Side of the Ring a couple years ago. If I hadn't done that, I probably would have said yes, because I'm like, that's hair, it'll grow back. But since I did it that time, I realized, oh, you look terrible with short hair. So if he had asked before that, then I might have said yes. Um, But also, I mean yeah no one's gonna believe that the girl's gonna lose her hair, you know what I mean yeah it, would, it wouldn't have sold well no yeah, that. yeah we ended up going with a street fight, which was it was fun absolutely anytime I think you and Alexia are
0: in the ring together even in a an intergender match or mixing it up I feel like I feel like you two have just this ability to really want to hurt each other even though you're not.
1: <laughs> Really, you do. People say that, and that's how the program even happened, because uh, the commentary started pointing out like, "Oh, Rufus and Alexi Nicole are bitter enemies." And I would watch the footage back and be like, "Why? What? Do, what happened?" Like, as far as I know, everything was normal, um, and it was just because, yeah, they're like, "Oh, yeah, you hit her so hard," and I'm like, "I honestly, I probably hit her softer than I hit anybody," but like. I make it look like I'm hitting her as hard as I can. Like I'm trying to hit everybody the same way, more or less. Um, So that that's literally how the program got brought up. And that's how we feud in every freaking company that books the two of us because they're like, Oh wow. You guys, Oh, you guys really hit each other. Huh? It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> like what do I look like? You think, I, you think it, anyway,
0: it's going to stop himself right there. I love it.
1: I love it. In terms of, um,
0: you know, I know you're not a goals guy or a, a thing like that, but you did mention again with the mini host. And that's the great thing about the mini host is I, I love to kind of watch her interactions and then kind of build some questions off of that of myself. But you did mention wanting to go to Europe more, wanting to try to get booked in the States more. Now, um, your tag team partner, the other half of Fight or Flight, he goes to Europe quite regularly. Hmm. Have you ever – was there ever a discussion beforehand of like, no, man, fuck it. I'm just going to book a ticket and I'm going to go with you. I'm going to just fucking go.
1: Um, yeah, so at the end of uh, well, I guess it would have been summer-ish. Um, I don't remember how. Like we were just kind of talking, and I said, "Next time you go, I'm gonna come with you," and I don't want you to let me back out of it. Um, I, I pretty much said, "The first time you go in 2023, I'm coming with you, whether I'm responsible and I save enough money, or if I'm gonna have to, you know, be a hobo in Europe for a couple weeks." Yeah, even if I don't stay the whole time, because usually he's there for, I mean, I think last time he was there for nearly two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I can stay quite that long. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was just like, a, you're getting old, man. Like, just go do it already. Like, I'm starting to get to the point where I wish I had done stuff. And, uh, you know, like you said, with regards to your health stuff, right? Like, you got to do it now. Because I suppose I could do it 10 years from now, maybe. But, like, it would be much harder. My bones would be hurting a lot more. Everything would be more difficult, right? You'd probably have more responsibilities. So just do it now. Like, it's not ideal, but it's better than later.
0: Absolutely. I think you'd kill it over there. I really do. I think you'd kill over there. I think you'd kill over in the States. I mean, I think that there is a platform for you. Everywhere you go, because I, I just think you're that good, and it's not pissing your ass. I've seen it. I've been a fan for a very long time, and it's just respecting the worth of it. I mean, again, you are an arrogant, cocky son of a fucking bitch, but you are one hell of a talent in the ring, and I can't deny it. And that's why I love having these conversations with you, because this I think this is, uh, this is fondness. After I get off the thing, I appreciate you a little bit more. And then I see you at the show, I'm like, oh, no, there he is. Fucking, There's a mm-hmm. the jerk again. Fucking guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it's all said and done, like which which places would you love to hit? Would you just go along with Vaughn for the ride? Or are there certain places that you'd love to put the Gabriel Flair's stamp on? Whether it be in the UK or in Germany or in Spain or in France or in Italy. Because there's so much talent over there that really
1: it would be amazing to work with. Um, right now, uh, I'm pretty much a beggar, and beggars can't be choosers. So any be- any any place that would book me, I would go to. Um, ideally, obviously, you know, you'd like to hit the sort of bigger promotions in England, like Progress and whatnot. But uh, I think that's a few trips away. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, yeah, just make as many connections as I can. Um, like you said, Bohr and Eddie were were teaching, so I made you know, that connection and Boris said he can help me find some work if I ever head over there. So that's already kind of a foot in the door. And then, yeah, from there, I mean, yeah, just honestly, I just want to see Europe again. I've, I've been to Europe once and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Um, So even if I get, you know, a booking a week, like, yeah, it's definitely not what I came here for, but I'm in Europe. <laughs> so uh just, yeah, nowhere in particular yet, but I'm sh- I'm sure we'll get there. Absolutely. I think you will too. What about Japan? Is Japan on the mind at all? Um, it, it is, but it's it's pretty back. Uh, it, not, not that I don't want to go to Japan, but um, honestly, I think that'll be more challenging mm. than Europe would be only because uh, there's not quite as big of a language barrier, mm. uh, obviously in England, but really anywhere in Europe, I feel like I could more or less get get around um, Mexico, obviously I speak Spanish, so that would be fine. Japan, not only do I not speak a word of Japanese, um, but you know, the culture is just so different. Everything's different and their wrestlers are really good. Um, so I don't want to show up and kind of shit the bed. I'd rather show up confident and, uh, ready to put the work in. Um, but Europe is more of a, put the work in, you know, while I'm wrestling, but also let us sightsee. Uh, I feel like Japan is more of a, you know, you're there to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to see stuff, great. Um, So it's, it's there, but it's a little bit farther back.
0: Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, I, I wish you luck in that uh, first Europe trip when and if it happens and just know I'll be there with you in spirit. Financially, <laughs> I will not contribute anything, but I will be there with you in spirit. I'll take it. Fair enough. I'm glad that you said you take it. That's my early Christmas gift to you, man. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no. And um, final thing. We we, as you can see from behind me and behind you, we are, you know, figureheads. We collect. Yep. What is, when you look at your whole collection, what is one of your prize possessions? Um a figure that you got and you were like, yes.
1: Does it have to be a figure or just, like, general... Anything. Catch-keys? Like,
0: I've I got autographs, I've got memorabilia, whatever you <sighs> choose. But what's the one prize... When you look at it, you're like, yes, fuck yeah, that's the best.
1: I mean, I have this... Uh, here, I don't know if you can see... Right there? Mm-hmm. That's a... It's a helmet. It's a Aridin from The Witcher. It's cool, I guess. It's I uh, I don't know. It's not something expected to find I found it at a fan expo some guy literally custom made it and uh actually the the actual face I don't know if you played the Witcher 3 have you Absolutely absolutely Yeah Okay well you know how Eredin literally like takes the face mask off mm-hmm. Yeah you can do it with that it's got magnets along the side so you can take it off and just throw it back on which literally was the deciding uh feature when I decided <laughs> to buy it So probably that but uh I don't know. I, I like all of them. I got a couple that are a little near and dear to my heart, but uh, I, I'd say that's probably the coolest thing in here. Absolutely. For me, it's my uh, my cash and Dax
0: autograph figures. That's because that's my favorite tag team. And then, of course, this mm. is my prized uh, <laughs> possession. I always wanted one of these, and I finally broke down and bought it.
1: Oh yeah, very nice. The detail yeah, on this I, one is sick, so I had to get it. Yeah, I'll probably get one of those eventually. I have a—it's uh, kind of hidden back there—but I have a signed uh, Jason mask, which is kind of cool. I kind of came across that randomly. I didn't meet the guy. That's uh Ken Kurzinger. Um, oh, I got it at it. I got it at a uh, a shop in Oshawa. But uh,
0: still wow, cool. <laughs> you actually
1: found something cool in Oshawa! Fuck, I always drive through Oshawa holding my breath. Fuck that city! No, 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 no. You know what? I'm tired of all this Oshawa slander. Oshawa is ugly and it stinks yeah. but it's got a lot of really good toy stores okay all right fair enough yeah you know what? lots lots and they're and they're all in like a walking distance so you can really spend a lot of money in a short amount of time okay <laughs> you know what fair enough i will the next time i'm near oshawa
0: i'll suck it up and i will go check out some of these toy stores for sure and uh you know what since it's near christmas i think this is a hilarious question i think you might give the better answer what is your uh what's your not so much Christmas, what's your new year's resolution? Mr. As as that, do you have any New Year's resolutions?
1: Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Nope. No. I didn't think so. No, no, I haven't even thought about it. I mean, the New Year still seems so far away. It's it, a whole month. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's only December first as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you usually there's a like a week that I get off work. Hmm. You know, first couple days you're enjoying it and then the next couple days you're contemplating life. Mm. So that's usually when I'll come up with something. Okay. So if, if I come up with something, I'll let you know.
0: All right, fair enough. Perfect. You text me, you let me know, and then I can always add a like in the description when I post this, I could be like, You thought of a resolution after. And what about this? What is Gabriel? The final question. What yeah. is Gabriel Fuerza's favorite Christmas movie? Um jingle all the way. Nice. I figured it was going to be either one of one of it was either
1: going to be that one or Die Hard. Mine is Die Hard. No. Uh, you know what? I don't even actually I don't like Die Hard very much. I think it's whatever. I, I think the thing is, I, I, I'm not a fan of uh, Bruce Willis. I think he's a dork. OK, fair enough. But do you acknowledge that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Um yeah, I I mean I I am not one of those people who cares. I, I think Batman Returns is even a Christmas movie.
0: It is. It fucking is. So yes. uh yeah, sure, why not? Yeah man, I mean anytime you get Christopher Walken telling the penguin about how he could be the next mayor of Gotham City, it's amazing.
1: It is, and that's not bad.
0: Yeah, my Christopher Walken's pretty good, eh? Mm. Yeah, yeah, you don't
1: seem very No, just... it's not bad. It's not bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right listen i if if you know me not bad is about the highest compliment you're gonna get i know that you have (laughs) never
0: once said a a, even when i ring in even when i guest ring announced at the the destiny von comic-con you said to me i asked you i said hey man how was it and you were like wasn't bad it was okay yeah
1: yeah and you know what it's not that it's you it's everybody and i know that and i
0: (laughs) Listen, I appreciate I appreciate that. I appreciate these conversations, my friend. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, shout out your social so everyone can follow your journey as you hopefully you know uh, go abroad and you you make Gabriel Fuerza a global brand like he is
1: here in Canada. Uh, I'm on Fuerza Lives on everything: Hive, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok. Um, but honestly, I post the same thing on all of them, so you can only you, just follow one. Mm-hmm. Um, If you really want to follow all of them, there's a link tree attached to all of them. You can find all the good stuff there. Actually, my Pro Wrestling Teach uh, website is on there. And people have been buying stuff a lot more lately. So let's continue the momentum. Absolutely. (laughs) Buy this man's merch. I own it all. And it's fantastic. I'm not
0: wearing it right now.
1: But I do own every shirt he's ever made. Every single one. Actually, you know what? I think you are missing one. But only because it's literally a Pro Wrestling Tees exclusive. Oh, it will okay. never be printed. Uh, it's, it's more of a, like, it doesn't even say Gabriel Foyers on it. It's just kind of a design that I thought up in my head. And, uh, it, it, it was too expensive to print. So I was like, ah, I'll just throw it up on Pro Wrestling Tees and it'll be the exclusive design. But if you really, really want to be that super fan, you know, you know where to find it. Absolutely. (laughs) ProWrestedTees.com. I got to
0: go. I got to buy some shit on (laughs) ProWrestedTees.com right now. All right, my dude. Thank you so much. And uh, if I don't see you before the holidays, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And I look forward to seeing you kick some ass in 2023. Thank you very much. All right, guys. That's it for this one. I'm your host, your boy. All the links for my socials are below. Follow all of them because I'm awesome. And so are guests like Gabriel Fuerza. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you guys next time.
1: Leaving the scene with no trace, none in my league You out of place, I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight to going, state to state